Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 287 for January 17th, 2019. I am one of your hosts, Adriel Frosty. It's cold. <laughs> oh, you, oh, I thought you were going to say me show, but you didn't. You just said Frosty. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm Kelly Lynn, the classy one, but I shouldn't have added Lynn. Oh, I ruined, ruined, ruined my day. That's okay. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we're... We're uh, short-manned today uh, because we're missing uh, two of the guys that are supposed to be on this show. Uh, yeah. Trevor, I was talking to, I was saying, yeah, we're going to do a holster show. And he said, I ah, couldn't make it. He only really has one holster. It's uh, one of those ankle deals that uh, they put down uh, kind of in your boot or something like that. That's so that uh, when the old ladies at Bingo get a little bit grabby, he can, you know, <laughs> quick he draw. He's attractive, you know, they do go after him. I mean, yeah, the, the selection is, is, is not great at bingo and, uh, he's, he's considered he's, young. <laughs> he's considered young in a bingo hall. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. High quality. <laughs> yeah. And they get so grabby with them. So yeah, I could see how he wants a little bit of self-defense. Yeah. Um, and then Matthew, well, I mean, he, he put those SKSs on his airplane and is there, it wasn't built for it. It was a lo- ultralight and yeah. SKSs are not ultralight guns. So Four extra. More, yeah, I was going to say not when you meant four of them, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think he broke his wings off. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's out there repairing it. So, and just wanted to let you know that I am still sick. I feel a lot better today. Is the first day that I feel like you know I haven't been hit by a mat truck. I have my Benelin DM. I have my Halls. I have my Schweppes, and I didn't have any whiskey. So not yet. It's not. Otherwise. It's not in the Schweppes. No. No, that's all. No, okay. But but I also was talking to Gallon this afternoon. And I said thank you very much. I said we're going on week three, so. But whatever I, he gave you, it's it's got lasting power. I know, eh? It's I think I was in one each one. I don't know. <laughs> but one of, them, one of them swine flu ones. Yeah. One of those I'm ones just... that like passed from a from a hog to a dog to a person. Yeah. Have you ever ta- Have mm-hmm. you ever seen Contagion? The moral uh, of the story is wash your hands. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So if I uh, if I am mute for a few minutes, it might be because I'm, you know, coughing up a lung still. But I'm cool. not coughing as much as I was. So Sweet. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, why don't we get into uh, what we did in guns this week? What All we right. did in guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now they have the Browning X-Bolt Hell's Canyon Long Range in 65 mm. Creedmoor or 1429. I like nice. 6.5 Creedmoor. I think I got to get another gun in 6.5 Creedmoor. I think you need more hair on the head to get a 6.5. More hair on yeah, the head? Yeah, you know, man bun. I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, yeah. And some of them like real skinny jogging skinny pant things that they wear. And the beard and then the flannel shirt. I got a little bit of a beard. I need a longer yeah. beard though. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to drink more, more soy lattes. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get on it. I think uh, it's like a caliber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. I just, I love, uh, I love joining in the, on the memes and the, uh, uh, talking about it. Uh, do you want to start this week? You never start. Why don't you start this sure. week? Okay. So this week I did not do much because as I said, I'm, I was feeling pretty sick and actually until today I was toast the whole entire week. Uh, but I did want to let you know that uh, the CCFR calendars, I always start, start off with the CCFR calendars, but there's good reason why I'm starting off with it this week. We're 80% sold out. So if you want a calendar, go to the CCFR website go to the store and get one it's only 20 bucks and then you can register it and make sure you register it because yesterday we had our first draw of the year for oh, these calendars Adriel, I, I, I wasn't i wasn't notified you of, didn't of win. my winning what surprise no no <laughs> but the calendar what we drew for was a canuck defender combo shotgun it was awesome uh odell engineering Odell Engineering, they uh, they supplied it, so I wanted to say thank you to Phil Odell and everybody at o Odell Engineering uh, for supporting the CCFR and the Ladies' Day program. That's a the pretty incredible program. prize. I, I got I got some like uh, some scent stuff last last year, which saved my butt and got yeah, and got me Mother's like Day. got me in with, with with my wife for Mother's Day. So it's like perfect timing. Yep. but it's not a shotgun. No. So oh. there are shotguns. There's other. There's other guns too, uh, and there's all kinds of great prizes. So uh, there was somebody named Rick. It wasn't uh, the Rick that we know, but he is one of our supporters at the CCFR. He won the shotgun. So I wanted to say congratulations to him. And as I said, I wanted to say thank you to Odell Engineering for supplying the prize and kicking off uh, the the draws with a with with a bang, I guess. Uh, just to let everybody know that only. 50% of those that got calendars or bought calendars have registered them. So right now the odds are pretty good. You'll win some great prizes. So yeah, if you haven't registered it, register it. Cause you know what? You'll get some, you'll get a chance to win some prizes. And uh, just wanted to mention that Trevor, Trevor's losing his memory because he registered his a long time ago and then asked me to check and see if he registered. So I think he's losing his memory. I think it's the age thing. Could be. Yeah. All right. What else? Oh, did you check out uh, CCFR Canada's downrange this, this week at all? Adrian? Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I want to say yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Say yes anyways. Yes anyways. Yes. Okay. We, I was on, uh, I was on that. It was the USC Ladies Day. So uh, they were featuring women basically getting into shooting and how the CCFR supports, uh, supports that. Uh, there was lots of great people on the show that week or this week. Uh, Tracy Wilson, Colin Sanders, Kelly Kincaid, and also the Olympic hopeful Mary Patrick was at the event as well, as well as me. Uh, we were able to get 80 ladies in that day, 80 ladies who've never come out shooting before. Uh, they came out to the range and they had a great time, but you can catch that on the CCFR downrange. Um, and I think on Wild you, TV. On Wild TV. And if you don't have Wild TV, then you can uh, go to Wild TV and they'll stream it as well. You have to, you have to, it's a subscription thingy. I don't know. Anyways, mm -hmm. uh, I don't have Wild TV, but my dad does. So I've been sick and recently my dad's had an accident. So he has been at home basically convalescing and I've been going over there every night. So when I go over there, we sit down, we watch Wild TV. And so we were watching CCFR downrange together. So I thought uh, Canada Sweet. downrange together. I thought it was pretty awesome. We're you just wanted to watch it with him because you knew you were going to be on there. 
Hey, Dad, no, just watch this I show didn't. for a second. Oh, oh, we, oh, I'm on TV. Oh, that just happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm famous. Yeah. I don't know if you know me. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's kind of cool because uh, as I, I don't know if you knew this or not. My dad, my dad is a pretty, he's a gun collector. Uh, he was in the military. He basically, he's a really, really good shooter. My brother is as well. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and they're both hunters. But me, I wasn't, I they never invited me to go shooting for one thing. So I'm, I'm going to blame them for that, but I didn't get into shooting until basically recently, about five years ago. So, yeah. So now it's something else that we can talk about. And I really do have to talk to him because he's willed my brother, all of his guns. So I need to actually say, listen, you know what? Maybe your daughter might like some of those as well. Cause he's got some really cool guns. World famous daughter. <laughs> yeah. Should be. But you know what? Cool thing he he says he said to me uh, this week. He says, "Hey, you doing the podcast this week?" So I'm going. Oh, he listens. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So I haven't done really anything. I've just been really, really sick. So, what about you? Oh, that's something. Uh, yeah. I hit the hit the range with that Gersan BCL 102 and AR15. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Gersan ran fine. Uh, it did not. Well, it did not like my competition ammo, so I got some ammo that's downloaded a little bit for uh, gaming sake for three gun. Because you just need to put a hole in paper. It doesn't doesn't matter how fast it's going. You don't need to make that uh, so power factor with it. It, just it didn't like it. Stuff. It it liked the cheap factory ammo. I have some Blazer brass, and it ran fine with that. It's just oh. it's it's got like a full power recoil spring on there, so it doesn't like anything too light. Otherwise, ran fine, shot fine. Yeah. It's a cheap polymer striker fire pistol. What are you going to do? It's just going to run, right? Yeah. 280 bucks, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Pretty cheap. Yeah, it is pretty uh, cheap. Let's see. What else? Uh, I, oh, I found out that it does the same thing as the MP, MMP, where if you slam the mag in, it drops a slide forward. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, gamer stuff. Uh, I took the BCL 102 out. And, How was uh, that? I went with my buddy with his Stag 10S and I took the bolt out of his Stag 10S and mm -hmm. I put it in my BCL and it ejected like a champ. Sweet. Yeah, those cases were just flying out of there. So it's definitely something with the ejection pattern on the bolt. It's not the gun itself or the ammo or anything like that. It's the ejector and the tension on it. And I did a bunch of testing when I got home in terms of like I used my trigger pull gauge on like the, the tip yep. of the case and checked what the temp and it and the tension at the tip of the case as it's being held in the bolt is half that of the stag so the stag is definitely applying more pressure on that on that case to flick it out um and the pocket on the uh, bolt head is is deeper as well so it's uh it, it can't slip out as easily as it can on the bcl anyways Perfect. um they're sending me a new bolt so i'm gonna try that and if that doesn't work i'm going uh True North Arms has the Air 10 ejectors. They didn't have a spring, but they said they're going to get some stuff in like a week, week and a half kind of a thing. Like a whole yeah. bunch of Air 10 stuff. They're stocking up on all that stuff because of the amount of people that are running the Stag 10s and the BCLs. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try new ejector, new spring. I bet it'll work. I bet you that's all it needs. Um, yeah. I Now, uh, the, the 308 stuff, I, I ran some loads off of Hodgson's website. Yep. Um, and I got some pressure signs off of it. And this oh. was just like middle of the road, kind of for the range that they were sending over. Uh, I was using uh, uh, IMR4895. And I went and looked. Um, I compared their stuff against like Lee and Nosler's books. And it's theirs yeah. is like a band higher 
Like, here's how much you can have. So it's hot, yeah. It's quite hot. And, uh, yeah, so now i got to disassemble a bunch of ammo. Uh, how much How much did you do? Please don't tell uh, me you oh, no, did like 3,000 rounds. And no, I was testing for uh, dif- different different powders. So I would, yeah. I would go this much at 45, this much at 45.5, this much at, with this bullet, this much with that bullet. Okay. So it's really just tester ammo anyway. So it'll be, it'll be so, easy enough to disassemble. Out of the three, which, do you, which powder do you like better? Out of the three... Oh, you didn't use different powders. You just used the different. Uh, oh right. no, I had yes. I had different powders and different bullets. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I they actually gave me like decent accuracy. Everything at uh, at fifty meters was right around um, 0. 0.5 to 0. 0.75 somewhere in there. So it's all yep. right around the one one and a half MOA kind of a thing. So yep. yeah, yeah, not okay. bad. I just I need to dial them all down. So <laughs> I got to disassemble a bunch and dial them all down. Head back yep. out. Uh, my AR-15. I got hammer yeah. title again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, um, if you've been listening to the show, you're probably sick of me talking about this. I think I've got it down. I watched a video of Jerry Michalek trying to shoot a uh, bump stock. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed one thing that happened with him a lot. Uh, he would go to pull the trigger and it would be dead. And that's because for him, he was actually like so much incredibly faster with just his finger compared mm-hmm. to the bump stock because the bump stocks like it's not super reliable right you need to get into the rhythm of letting it do its thing you can't hold it or over grip the gun um uh, so what he had is at, he would get the gun too uh, back forward too quickly and the hammer would follow his bolt and he'd have to rip a a, a round out yeah, even though that round was fine yeah. yeah so he was pulling the trigger just as that bolt was going back into battery it was it was so uh, cycling too, too fast yes with a bump right. stock too fast I think that's the issue I'm having because this is is, as of uh, as of the moment I started putting in light, the very lightweight, like match trigger, uh, single stage cassette triggers that have like no travel on them. So I think what's actually happening is I'm pulling the trigger. The rifle recoils, not a lot. It recoils a little bit, which is enough because those cassette triggers don't have like any any reset on them. Gun resets as it's coming forward and the bolt is coming in one out of every 30 or so. It's actually hitting the trigger and it's following the uh, hmm. uh, bolt into battery. I think that's what's going to happen. So so what is the, what's the fix? Um, I'm going to bring some tools to the range. I'm yeah. going to bring my two-stage national match trigger. And yeah. the first thing I'm going to do is try shooting it a bunch, holding the gun rigidly so that it cannot um, recoil, recoil in my hand. Um, like when I'm shooting from the bench, I'm trying to use light touch on, on, especially on the grip. I'm not trying to over grip the uh, pistol grip there. And yeah. I think that's what might be happening is that the gun's actually moving and I'm not hanging onto it. So hanging onto it should keep that distance the same. Um, if that doesn't work, I'm going to put in that two stage national match trigger and I, I'm Go pretty back. sure that'll work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, oh, well, I was out at the range. I saw a uh, listener, Matt, he was out there uh, with his buddy doing some uh, long range shooting. I was just, Kind of ba- out there with my buddy, we were banging away some Hurtenberger out at like 500. With uh, he had his Stag 10, I had my BCL, and we're just kind of hammering shots out there. And uh, they were there out with some more precision uh, bolt rifles that uh, uh, could do the job a little bit better. But uh, yeah, they were uh, making some di- making some work there. Hi Matt. Uh, hi Matt. <laughs> uh, I mailed away my M305, uh, so okay. I'm trading that for a Glock 17. 
Sweet. Uh, I got some safe lights. So okay. There's Tell a me. there's a subreddit that has these uh, these deals, and someone was saying, oh, there's these uh, these little LED uh, drawer lights. These are for like a drawer or something like that. Uh, they're on sale at Costco, so I picked some up. Um, and the idea with these are they got like a little sensor on the side here. Yeah. If something is within two inches of that, they turn off. And as, as soon as it opens, they turn on instantly. Yeah. Right. This is perfect for a safe because uh, you stick this to your door so that the sensor is uh, sort of the, the inside yeah. so that it hits the door. And then as the door opens, boom, lights on, lights off. It's got a battery built in. USB recharge, fifteen bucks for four. Oh, that's really good. We have some dome lights in our in ours that'll do the exact same thing, but they were a little bit more expensive, so uh, a yeah, little the, bit bigger. Yeah, there's some motion sensor ones out there. Um, generally, yeah. they turn off after like five minutes, ten minutes, something like that. These turn off instantly as soon as you close the door. Mm. Um, they're nice and small too, right? Um, yeah, I had some. I don't know where they are. I had some like bigger ones that don't put out as much light. These are, uh, these are, these are decently bright, um, especially inside the safe. They're, they're making a big difference. I can actually see the stuff in there now. <laughs> Whereas before the lighting was, was kind of crappy. Right. Uh, what else? Did I get? I also got some of these, uh, some more of these uh, hunt shield locks from Canadian tire. They had them on sale for like 12 bucks. That's good. Uh, <laughs> they, they get this they're on sale for 12 bucks or a three pack for i think it was 37 it, the three pack was more expensive yeah well, let's, <laughs> let's just go for the individual ones there yeah exactly yeah. um i don't like if, if you're if you're listening to this and you have like a keyed trigger lock or something like that key trigger locks suck you got to get yeah. like a combo lock because you never have to remember your keys or you never lock your keys somewhere or someone board yep. a truck while you're at the range or a million other reasons why combo locks are the way to go. And make sure the combos are all the same. And it's something yes. that, you know, it's not one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah. Hey! Nope. <laughs> Carson came in. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. And then I'm going to go to a three gun meetup after the show tonight. Uh, we're oh, talking awesome. about, some of our uh, some of our upcoming events and that kind of thing. Okay, awesome. it's getting cold. We need we're just itching to talk about three gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> How cold is it there today? Minus twenty. Yeah, guess what? What? That's how cold it is here too. It's like holy crap, man. At least uh, at least we're not facing uh, fifty centimeters of snow like they are in uh, New Brunswick. Well, that's coming this weekend. It's supposed to be, and then it's supposed to go to New Brunswick as well. So. Hmm. It might, cool. be a, might be a cold and long weekend. I'm going to spend it indoors, I think. Unless I go to SFRC. Because I haven't been there in a couple of weeks. And I'm kind of... Kind of has to be every week, right? Yeah. I'm, You're slacking. Uh, You're definitely slacking. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to give them the plague. So I was trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. So I got to cool. go to SFRC. All right, upcoming events. Uh, Sunday, February 24th, CRPS will be having their first event of 2019 at Valcartier, Quebec. Uh, they'll be closing registration seven days before the event date to allow enough time to process registrations and get names uh, submitted to base security. Volunteers and spectators are welcome, but will need to be registered as well. If you want to register for that, go to rimfireprecision.ca forward slash events. Yay, and you said Valcartier, correct. Awesome. Good job. I'm I'm learning the French words. <laughs> Bonjour, my name is Adrien Michaud. Just just say it with a French accent. Je m'en français très mauvais. Ooh, 
very good. Very <laughs> bon. That's all I can say. <laughs> right. um, my uh, 3gun.ca website, I've been continuing to update that. I've got some... Uh, uh, Lethbridge is doing some events. Medicine Hat's doing some events. And I've been continuing to add those av- as they're being announced. Um, right now, it's very Alberta heavy. Like, if you go there, it's like, yeah. which Alberta event do you want to go to? Well, uh, it's Alberta and BC. That's generally, there's only a couple out east, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, Alberta okay. and BC, I think, are the only provinces that have monthly, like clubs that put on monthly matches. Right. And we have a couple in Alberta and a couple in BC. Yeah. Do you find that that's the difference? Do you find that there's more Ipsic out east? And, well, there is. Like, there, there's Three Gun. Um, actually, I, I'm just wrapping up a, an, another article on Three Gun. Um, and uh, one of the things I noticed was that uh, out west, it's like it's a discipline and you do it once a month. You do it uh, like it's, it's frequent. There's clubs that practice like BTSA. Yeah. Uh, they do a weekly practice, a weekly like Monday night or something like that, where they where they practice this kind of stuff, right? So um, that's a, that's a more serious angle. Whereas I think in uh, in Ontario, um, uh, not so much in Quebec, because in Quebec they have all Cartier matches, and those are generally big bad matches, right? But in in Ontario, um, they're most like a lot of the ranges have a three gun match, but it'll yeah, just but be like one. It's just yeah, it's one, one for the whole year, and it's kind of like a um a fun thing to try once a year and then that's it so it's 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 hard to get good just shooting one match a year um and i think that's where like these monthly clubs are um heck even uh uh, on the island uh, out of camel river they've got uh, a club out there that does practice once a month and a match once a month yeah see that's exact opposite with ipsic here i know that our club's doing uh, Ipsic events right through the winter as well indoors, and once a month we're doing a match. So. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of places will have uh, like a weekly, nightly, like a w- once a week weeknight they'll have a uh, uh, like a little practice or something like that for pistol. That's very common, um, and that's what we're seeing three gun out here. All right, why don't we go on to uh, news and new gun stuff. Now, sure. uh, new gun stuff. There's a bunch of SHOT Show stuff that came out, a bunch of real crazy stuff that I'd love to talk about, but I think we'll hold off until next week so that we've yeah. got like all of it kind of wrapped up and into uh, into one show. Uh, in terms of here in Canada, um, boy, there's a lot of cheap 223 and 9 mil out right now. Yep. Joe Brook has American Eagle 223 for 389 with free shipping. So you don't need to buy anything else. 389 with tax that gets it to your door and that's a thousand rounds of uh american eagle 55 grain blaster ammo uh and then i run guns has the m17s in 308 they've got some in stock they're 2000 us and oh that us canadian thing is just killing us right now yeah right now it is don't yeah, yeah it's, it's not worth it right now yeah exchange rates horrible yeah. uh so why don't we get into the uh the main topic um, all right and I was thinking we like uh, based on what we were talking about last week. I was I was thinking we'd do holsters because, uh, uh, you know, we just started talking about it, and then yeah, yeah, everyone started pulling their holsters out, right? I know, and it's too bad that uh, Trevor's not here because of the fact the man has probably more holsters than he does underwear. So uh, and under- underwear with holsters in them, <laughs> right in the front. Yeah, it pokes out the little like slider in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need those that that's when you're that's when you're in the outhouse and you don't have anything else on you you're still strapped <laughs> you know what that is that that's a serious problem especially for women 
And especially if you're going to a porter party or an outhouse, going to the washroom, not a good thing, by the way. Nope, nope. Because you generally... With a handgun? You don't want to yeah. drop it down the toilet? You don't want anything dropped. So, yeah. yeah. It only flow for so long, and then it goes under the surface. And it's you got to reach around it. <laughs> This there, is, I guess, this isn't something a holster can fix. But there, there is, there, the women. Um, there's a podcast. Uh, the Amer- two American women uh, do the podcast. They're not doing it anymore, but uh, uh, it's. Uh, they did a whole show on basically going to the washroom with your holster or going to the part of potty with your holster. It's a good. It was mm. a good show. Yeah. Do you put like that that round toilet paper dispenser? Do you just like chuck your your pistol on top of that, or do you put it on the side? Oh, there's so many decisions. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, okay. So, so why don't we start with holster use cases? Because uh, some people use a holster for one particular thing, and and uh, that might yep. not be what everyone else uh, uh, thinks of when they use a holster. Because I mean, I'm going to show my holsters. There's yep. a strong theme. <laughs> They're useful yeah. for one thing, things. and yeah. that's and that's basically it. Competition. You're going yeah. to be doing competition. You have to actually figure out what you want to do. Yeah. Well, right I mean, a lot of, like, why don't we talk about what we can't really talk about, or well, at least what we're not qualified to talk about, concealed carry holsters. Yeah. Well, unless you get your New Hampshire, and then you can go down to the state and, and use use it down there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But no, we can't conceal carry here. No. Can, can we open carry? No. Well, we can't on range. the range. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay, so that's not a strong use case then. So for... For open yeah. or concealed carry, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about a terrible amount. Although you can actually get the holsters because you you can you can conceal carry at the range. So if you're doing IDPA or some other discipline, mm. you can mm-hmm. use at the range. You're just not allowed to do it here, you know, obviously in public. So yeah, yeah, only right. at the range. Maybe at home. Right. At home. Sure, you can do it at home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, get yeah, I mean, practice your draws and, and you know, in the basement, whatever. Yeah, there's a couple of different styles. There's like appendix carrier that's in the front, there's one on the side. Um, yeah. again, I, I think there are better podcasts with people who carry on a daily basis that would um cover that part of holster use a lot better than we would. Um, okay. well, so, yeah. uh, 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 what kind of holsters do you have, Kelly? Uh, so I I only have three. Uh, I have, they're all Safari Land as well. No, I have a Blade Tack with an offset uh, for uh, my Seasedge Shadow, which I don't like at all. Uh, the reason why I don't like it is because one, it's not IPSEC certified uh, because of the fact that it is offset. So it points into my leg. So I switched over to Safari Land for that one for my Seasedge Shadow. And then I also have a, a Safari Land uh, for my. Um, my Glock 17. So I've mounted them both with quick disconnects as well so that it can change it out. So I don't have to take off a belt. If I want to change out my guns, I can just, is that the, uh, the Safari land ELS fork system or is it the clip on? Nope. It's a fork system. So, which is great because, um, I like if I decide I want to go and shoot with my Glock and then I'll switch over to my shadow. I just uh, slip it out and slip the, the shadow in. So it's easy. Most of mine have the Blade Tech tech locks on them. Okay, yeah. Uh, the ones that don't. So here, I did have that with with the um, my Blade Tech, and I didn't really like it all that much. I didn't feel secure with it as well. 
I know with my Safari Land, I feel secure with it because of the fact that I can go running and it's not my my shadow's not going to flop out onto the ground. So, mm. so I know that, um, that would be a that's a retention holster then, your Safari yes. Land. Yes. So um, I uh, I think it's the same one that you got, isn't it? Which one? Um, Grip lock. This this guy here. It's got the little paddle down here that you grab onto and it comes yep. out. Yeah, exactly with the one that that I have as well. Um, what is it? It's the 6378 ALS, I think it's called, isn't it? 579, 578, 57 something or other. Okay. Yeah. And it is like a universal as well. So for the so for the CZ Shadow, uh, CZ Shadow 1, uh, there is a wedge that you put into it and it will fit. Um, so just basically did that. The CZ Shadow fits in there and uh, there's no wiggle jiggle or anything like that. I can go running around with it. I feel very secure with that. And because of the fact that it is it, sick, it'll be fine for it because it has a couple of, of levels of retention as well. So, yeah, it's, it's got that, uh, that retention. So, I mean, that's, that's one thing we could talk about. Um, I've got uh, like a real basic um, uh, blade tech holster here. This has got the uh, tech lock on the back right. there. So it's easy to clip into a uh, belt um, now with a basic retention, you just grab it and pull it out. There is right. no, um, lock or anything like that. They grab onto the trigger guard. Um, there's like a little molded in part. A lot of these blade tech ones are Kydex. I like Kydex. The thing that I like about this is that you can lay down. Like if you were to lay down on your right hand side, this gun's not going to go off. You've got a little bit of protection for the gun. Um, a lot of protection for the trigger. And uh, it's got a low probability that it'll come off, but it still could. If you're laying down on this thing and you go to get up and it unlocks, you could potentially leave a gun behind on the ground. Uh, even, oh, let's see here. This guy right here. This guy's got some, uh, this is one that doesn't have any kind of quick disconnect or anything. This is just using a belt loop. This is a, a Safari Land ALS. This is their thumb lock system. So they've got like a little, kind of thumb button right there and uh you just you have to hit that button as you draw the gun otherwise it won't come out and sometimes even if even if you hit it it won't come out oh there it goes <laughs> i forgot uh i forgot which one you had to do uh, you're muted there kelly oh sorry i was coughing um so yeah that's the same one that i have for my glock 17 as well i like it it's got that extra protection as well you have to use yep i don't it, like the you don't, I don't like, like the thumb, thumb drive no okay. it's too so the difference is that with the thumb right you have some you have some holsters where you have to use your your um your index finger on the outside so we have some questions about this in our mail as well so maybe we'll we should wait till we get there yeah yeah I, I prefer this the grip one because you don't it it's uh, very easy to defeat as soon as you grab onto the gun, right? Uh, and it works like every time. Whereas I've had, and it works without thinking about it because right. when I'm in a match, I'm doing my rifle thing, my shotgun thing. I'm dumping it. I go to my pistol and I try right. yanking it out, and it doesn't work. I'm like, but oh yeah. You're- you're using so many different holsters that you're not. But if you're using only one or two holsters, right? You're going to know. Yes. yes. Right? <laughs> Muscle memory. Yes. If you right. practiced a lot with this guy, it would be fine. Actually, I think they make a bigger target, like a bigger thumb button for this thing as well, the ALS. Yeah. And I think if I had that one, it would probably automatically happen. But uh, yeah. 
That's one thing I, I, I'm not a, a super big fan of. Now, wh what I do like about these retention holsters is, like you said, they don't come out. Your yeah. gun's not coming out of there. No way, no how. It's, like, it's probably got like, you could probably put like 50 pounds on that thing. And it's still not coming out. Okay. Uh, whereas you were, you were also mentioning like offset, drop and offset holsters. Yeah. Like uh, this Blade Tech Pro. Um, yeah. Now, the difference with the Pro is that like a basic one, there's no offset. And you can't really like tilt it, uh, whereas uh, the Pro has a open top on it, right? Which should mean that your gun clears the holster a little bit sooner. Like as yep. you're as you're pulling it out, the gun's now clear and you're you're ready to start shooting. <coughs> um, but it also is a little bit tricky getting the uh, the tension right on this thing because there's nothing connecting those until you know right over here, right. and it's it's kind of open on the back. So so. Do you use the throne for uh, three gun? Say again. You, do you use it for three gun? I did use this one for three gun until so it got me disqualified because my say, gun got is knocked that out. The one that your yes. Glock yeah. fell out of. Yeah, this is the one that my Glock fell out of because uh, um, I thought the tension was okay, but it actually exactly. has started backing out on me. This one does not have any thumb adjustable screws on the outside. It's only with a Phillips. Um, which you don't like, it's not a big deal. I carry a Phillips in my, in my range bag, but so, it's kind of nice sometimes when you're at a stage to be like, mm, that doesn't feel right. And just give something a little extra torque. Right. So check it every match before every match retention or run the GLS and then you don't have to care. It doesn't matter. Put it in. It's locked. Right. It's not going to come out and it's easy to defeat because right. you just have to grab the gun. Uh, one other holster. Yeah. This one has a little bit of offset as well. This is a uh, that red line, red, red line. hill, red hill tactical, oh, uh, yeah, red, red hill tactical uh, holster. This is their three gun model. Their uh, other Ipsic models kind of cut the the top out here, so you can get your gun clear a little bit quicker. Um, it's also just a friction fit uh, holster. It's Kydex. Kydex. A lot of um, there's a lot of these guys out now that uh, that just make Kydex holsters because Kydex is very easily moldable, and you can uh, you can make your own holsters. Or uh, some of these guys will custom make one, uh, so they'll have like different thicknesses. This one has uh, two layers on it just to make it a little bit more beefy. And and yeah. for three gun, you lay down on stuff, so that's what that's what I was right. thinking. So uh, this one also has thumb screws on the screws. outside to yeah tighten it down if you need to. So for someone who only has like as I said, Trevor has enough holsters. He's more holsters than underwear, right? So I only have a few holsters, uh, and they are all duty holsters, basically. I, I don't know if I'd be all that comfortable with a Kydex. Just a friction to hold it in. If I'm running, like, I didn't feel comfortable, obviously, with a blade tech that I had. Mm -hmm. So, Well, so for 3-Gun, or sorry, for Ipsic... Uh, you start the match, you pull your gun out, and it doesn't go in until you're done. Yeah. And then, it, and when you're done, let's say you're like you're walking around, you're grabbing a hamburger or something like that, and your pistol gets knocked off and it falls on the floor. You call an RO over. They say you say sorry, my pistol dropped on the floor. You pick it up. They they pick it up, clear it, put it back in your holster, and there nothing's there's no big deal. While in three gun, you yeah. have to run around with the thing on. Right. <laughs> you have to and and depending on your three gun uh um club it might be pretty physical you might be carrying a dummy out out of a car you might be shooting inside the the trunk of a car 
you might be, uh, you know, crawling prone or something like that. So there's a bunch of different things that uh, are, are a lot more physically demanding and require something that's got a lock on it so that you your three pound competition pistol doesn't jump out of your holster, right? And yeah, that's where retention. Now, the one thing that we don't have, or I don't have to show, is like a a, a pure competition gamer pistol, right? Or a holster. Uh, holster. Yeah. Right. Because uh, uh, and Trevor's, I don't know if Trevor does. Trevor have like a ghost holster? Yeah, something I think like he that. Does. Yeah. So with that, all it is is basically it's being held in at the trigger, and it's it's sitting in there, and there's so much cut away from it. Um. Well, yeah, some of them, some of them just have the trigger, and that's yeah. it. There's, yeah. They're like hanging on to the trigger, the double alpha race mastery, I think. There's, yeah. there's actually some guys who run those for three gun because oh, okay. they have a positive locking uh, uh, mechanism on there. The gun's not going to come off. So even though it's just grabbing on by the trigger uh, guard there, uh, yeah. even though that's all they're grabbing on by, they're secure. And there's guys who will just run around in three gun doing that. Right. Um, and then there's also one of the one. I think the ghost has a, a peg that you put the the uh, barrel into, and then it locks on the back as well. Yeah. So it's kind of got like a uh, a structure that comes down to the back there. Yeah, that's exactly it. I don't know. I don't know if I really feel comfortable with that. Maybe it's just uh, me and my. The thing that you get with those is a frictionless draw. All these yeah. friction fit. Even this one, which is like the pro one for for competition, even it has friction coming out. Uh, whereas those other ones, as soon as you defeat that, uh, that mechanism, there's nothing. I mean, the GLS is kind of close because as soon as you've defeated that, that, uh, uh, grip there, it's coming out, but there's still a little bit of friction and there's still, you still have to clear like the six inches of, uh, plastic along the top. Right. Yep. Whereas those other ones, you grab onto the little, whatever the the thing is to deactivate it and you pull the gun away. Like there's nothing, nothing there. I don't got one of those. Those are <laughs> those are two hundred dollar holsters, uh, and uh, I don't know. Like I'm, I, I have the same fears as you for for three gun. I'd rather have something that uh, that provides right. a little bit more coverage. Like that's that's decent. Okay. This is this is decent coverage on a on right. a shadow too. It's covering about half the gun, right? Right, and that's the one that I have too for my shadow. So the difference is you're looking at it from a three gun point of view, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if Trevor, hi Trevor, if he was here, he'd be saying, okay, it's my Ipsic holster, right? And that's what he he's looking at the quick draw, right? Friction. So that's why he would run a different holster, probably. Maybe, yeah. I mean, so like, it really depends on what division you're running. Like, if you're running production, I think that Red Hill Tactical is fine. Uh, If you're running on open, you probably want like the best. You probably want the best equipment for that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There was um, someone had asked about the Double Alpha PRD Pro. Right. Uh, I did put that in the show notes there. So yeah, yeah, that's uh that's another Kydex holster. I mm-hmm. I've heard good things about it for the shadow. I haven't actually tried it myself. Right. I don't know. Uh yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Like uh, I'm uh, yeah. He's, he's looking for basically a review of it. I haven't seen one. Uh you have I have. I have. I've I've seen them on the um so- so guys have been using it? Yeah. Yeah. And they run well? It's fine. It's a Kydex holster. It 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 uh, retains the pistol as long as like again for something like a Shadow 2 that's 3 pounds, I would grab something with retention so it doesn't <laughs> jiggle out of there. How many pounds is it? 
Well, it's it's funny. It's 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 double the weight of a lot of other pistols. Like a lot of the polymer uh, striker fired pistols are like uh, half that, right? Yes. So it's a uh, it's a ton of weight. I mean, it's good for for shooting. It's a beautiful gun to shoot, but it's uh, it's very heavy. Right. Uh, yeah. Can I ask you about? All right. How many of these have you seen on the line? People with leather holsters, or or even the cloth Uncle Mike's, because. We all know that, uh, we all know that, I don't know, I wouldn't trust leather or cloth Uncle Mike's. What do you think? You know, um, a lot of the three gun guys uh, have to buy a lot of kit. So I I have never seen a leather holster. I've seen leather holsters at Ipsic. Um, Older guys that have like a a pistol that was tuned up like 10 years ago or something like that. They were still rocking the uh, um, original holster that they had, but uh, uh, no, these days, like Kydex, um, a couple of guys I've seen with those cloth ones. And ba- the basic idea with that is right. if you're going to run that thing, you have to run the crappy Velcro strap that goes over top. Otherwise, it's not going to hold anything in. It's like right. basically a floppy bag <laughs> that you put a pistol in. <laughs> a floppy you, bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have uh, to run the uh, the Velcro strappy thing over top. Otherwise, that gun's coming out and... Uh, um, we actually it, on our um, in our rule set and in our like basic intro, we say get a Kydex holster. Okay, so that's a good thing to also discuss. Like from the point of view, you have to know what the rules are for your specific discipline. Uh, I do know that there's the retention levels that you need in specific sports, so you're going to have to figure that out. So you know what, a leather holster or as I said, a crappy, you know, Uncle Mike yeah. is not going to work. Well, and, and if you're shooting IDPA, the the it basically has to be at belt level. Like you can't run it too low. Uh, right. You have to run. So you can't do the drop shot, right? This one, this one will be fine, right? Uh, because the the belt's right about in the middle. You can't do the drop offset. Um, and in IPSC, I think this one's legal. Here, let me let me find out live. Uh, in IPSC, you need to make sure that the uh, the butt of the gun. Yeah, this one's good. The butt of okay. the uh, pistol goes above the top of your uh, belt. So I'm good right. there. Uh, and there's also a requirement on how far away it is from your body. Right. I'm pretty sure this guy wouldn't be no good for IDPA because it's too far away from the body. Like IDPA is supposed to be more practical. So they're trying to say like, this would be a holster that you could use from concealment. Um, right. So you're not supposed to use your your space tech uh, holsters. Now, Yeah. We have IDPA every Saturday here as well. And uh, yeah, I've been asked if I want to go to it. So I have to figure out some 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 holsters that I'm going to be ha- be using because I don't have a holster that I can conceal. Well, this this is like it, it, it doesn't actually yeah. have to be a concealment holster, but this yeah. is this is like an outside the waistband holster. That would be fine. You got one of these. Yeah, I know. Just run that guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, leather holsters. I think they're cool. I don't think they're practical. No, unless you're shooting. You know what? They're really, they're a lot of fun if you're shooting uh, cowboy action, though. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to shoot cowboy, yes. You need leather holsters. Practical if, there. If, you, if you need leather holsters, if you're shooting cowboy action, you can't bring a, a kydex holster. You could. You just couldn't do like the whole period piece, like dress right. up with like the bolo tie. But you and have the... to. Those are part of the rules. 10 gallon hat. They don't That's have also in there. Back then. 9.8 gallon, no good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. You have to wear cowboy boots too, right? 
I'm pretty yes. sure that's required. Snake no. skin, crocodile skin. It depends no kydex. On, it depends on what you're shooting. But yes, you're supposed uh, to dress up and you're supposed to have specific things. You're supposed to, I, don't I know. think they don't actually need retention. Their pistols could be like sitting in a, a, a flip-flop for all, for all it matters. So like, yeah, the, the, no. the leather holsters are... <laughs> a leather a flip-flop, maybe? Yeah, leather flip-flop. <laughs> I mean, their their holsters are are made for speed, so you, they need to be pretty loose and and able to to quick draw from those things. Right. So, yeah, yeah, they need do. a lot of room there. Not, not a lot of running and not a lot of retention. Yeah. So in terms of uh, in terms of different ways to connect, I think I showed a couple there. There's yeah. the standard belt loop, which doesn't like there is no quick disconnect. You got to take this thing off, uh, take your belt completely off to pull that guy out. Um, Safari Lamb's got a, a really cool quick clip uh, option that I really like. Uh, I would say that this one feels a little bit more secure than the uh, uh, than the Blade Tech option, yeah. just just uh, uh, subjectively. Uh, but it, it's also a little bit closer to the gun as well. So yeah. uh, I, I I personally prefer that style retention clip. Uh, <laughs> this is a bugger to get off though. Like if you, if you're wearing it on your belt to get this guy off, because you actually have to press on the, the middle and pull at the bottom for it to unlatch because time. it's, yeah, it's so strong. So if that's sitting on your belt, you're not, it's, it's you're, tough to get off. You're taking the belt off and through the yeah. other side, basically. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, and there's a couple of ways of doing the, uh, the blade tech, uh, locks as well. You can go down. Yep. Uh, so that's popping in there. I don't actually like doing this because there's a little uh, um, with the uh, Blade Tech tech locks. Um, if if you pop that into your belt, you can like knock off these uh, these little spacers that they've got in them. Yeah, they do. And yeah. you have to blindly get this little lock latch. Um, so I prefer to run them uh, uh, facing up, the forks facing up, oh. because I, I find it easier to get oh. this up into my belt. And then I can actually see, oh, yeah, am I latched or not? Yes, I'm latched. And then I can see the lock being put in place. Perfect. And it's all a little bit more visible. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. All of these are inferior to the system you're running. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is the the quick disconnect. The Safari Land ELS yeah. and QLS uh, uh, fork system. I right. mean, do you, do you have the belt too? The Safari Land belt that has little holes in it, that kind of thing? No. No? no. That's even cooler because then you can put like a whole bunch of pre-built yeah. like little spots and they got the holster one and you can just boop, clip it yeah. in there. No, I just, yeah. Nope, just the... Just the plain forks. Just the That's plain so forks. good. It's still it, like, the nice thing about that is that when you go to the washroom... Uh, you unclip, you, can, you so, leave your gun at the okay, safe table. Remember what I was telling you about the porta potty, the whole thing? Yeah. Because you're, you're, where's your, where's your gun safest? At the safe table? It is <laughs> safest in the holster, right? In the holster at the safe table. Okay. So, you, but when you got to go to, got to go to the washroom, just take it out. I, I That's literally what I do is take it out and put it on the side over here because it's still in the holster. Hmm. I like leaving mine at the safe table. Yeah. I even like clipping the holster off because, like, when you're in the bathroom, like a lot of these porta potties don't have a ton of room around, and like if you've got like all no, this stuff on your belt, boys yeah. pee everywhere. It's disgusting. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Some of them have the little side urinal that we use too. So okay, yeah, that's we get to, we get to pee on that, that as well as the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good to have options.
Uh, but no, usually I just take my whole belt off, take my belt off, leave it at the safe table, go and do the thing, come back, put the belt on. Yeah. It's just easier. Yep. Unless you have the Safari Line 4 system. And then you just pull it off. Easy peasy. Off. Yeah. I mean, some like if you're if you know you're not shooting for a while and you're mm-hmm. just resetting for a long time, why walk around with a, a, a three pound weight on your side? Just take it off and leave it at the safe table and go pet, do your patching without having a bunch of stuff stuck to you, right? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. I will put I will put my holsters, I'll take my guns out. And I will put them in the holsters and leave it on the safe table and do whatever I need to do. And then when I'm ready, I'll go over and get it. Oh, you know what I got to do? I got to get my, uh, I have to get my shot shell carrier on some forks because it's right up front. It's such a pain in the butt, like trying to, to reach forward or, or uh, bend down and grab like a plate or something like that off the, off the floor. It's always in the way right up front. I gotta, I gotta put that thing on forks. So it's just a quick way to take them off. Mm. one way or one day yeah um anything else to talk about uh holsters Mm, no there's a few questions that are in the uh in the listener feedback Mm -hmm. so we'll probably talk about some other things there but i think that's pretty good um maybe next time when we are on and if trevor's with us he can show us his ghost holster yeah or his and his uh concealment holster because yeah i don't have any of those yeah, he showed that the other day, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and if you're just looking for something general, like a general recommendation, it's Farland 579. This right. is uh, 50 bucks on Amazon. Yep. And it's good. And it's, as it's kind of like the universal one. There's a whole bunch of different ones that it can fit. So, as I said. Yeah, I mean, all, all the guns that I showed will all fit in that holster. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. It'll fit a Glock. It'll fit. Fit a 1911. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I got here will will fit in that holster. And it comes with little shims. <clears throat> it comes with instructions on, you know, whichever gun it is. Here's what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, if it's uh, basically if it's got like a metal thin uh, uh, trigger guard, you leave a little shim in there. So it like has a little bit more to grab onto. And if you got like a Glock or something with a bit of a thicker trigger guard, I mean, you take that shim out of there before you put your Glock in. Super easy. I love the flexibility. I wish I had got. I got six holsters here. I really need that Safari Land. Maybe two of them. Maybe two yeah. of the Safari Lands. So and Safari Land. And which other one do you think that you would? No, two of them. I'll just no. take two Safari Land holsters. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Yeah. <laughs> just in case just I needed like a lefty two. or a cross draw or something like that, right? Oh yeah. Mm. No. Okay. Cowboy so... action with my Glock and and. <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever double carried? No, no. No, you should try it. No. Uh, I, I, uh, I shoot matches, and they they frown upon that. They frown when you <laughs> when you go like this. Or... No, it's left hand or right hand. <laughs> I would need a left handed holster. Exactly. Oh. So you need a left handed holster. A seventh too. holster? No, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Maybe I'll put them both on one right side. There we go. Mm. Uh, are we all holstered out? Pretty much until we get to the the next part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we uh, Why don't we head into the uh, YouTube feedback? Have you been watching YouTube feedback? I have. Uh, oh, so there is some from Bono Fung. He said his thumb one saved me a few times from dropping his three uh, gun and three gun with a lot of running. 
So mm -hmm. left hand, and then we also have another comment just came in. Left-handed holsters are usually cheaper than the right-handed. That's right. And the reason is because there's only a few of them and no, hardly anybody. Because they're cursed. Them. Like the shop owner accidentally bought the left-handed one. They didn't even want to. And they're like, oh my God, I've been sitting on this holster for forever. Mm -hmm. They've already come up with three new versions. And then they just sell it for less just to get rid of it. Yeah, it's that's one of those cursed true. lefties. Although a lot of people are in our circle of people that we know, a lot of them are left-handed, which is unusual. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what else. Not a lot, not a lot else out there. Um, Mailman um, was saying, he, saying he, he yeah. thinks it's better that his safe doesn't have a light, so his wife can't see how many guns are in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? She needs to buy some guns too. I'm just saying that will make it. Or better. decoy safe. Decoy safe with like an old, like rusty old wood gun in there. And then another one with all the real stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that's it, I think. Cool. Yeah. Oh, why don't we head on to uh, listener feedback? Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. They offer hot bluing, parkerizing, Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And follow him on Facebook and Instagram, that kind of thing. Right. And FYI, just before we get into the listener feedback, uh, mm -hmm. he is also, well, he just posted that he's looking for help in the store as well. So if you're mm. in northern New Brunswick and you would like to work with Trevor Furlot every once in a while, uh, you know what? Go and see. Go and, go and drop off a resume. You're not selling this very well with that whole I know. part, right? I know. I was just thinking, <laughs> maybe that's not a selling feature. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to pay more now. I'll have to, yeah. like, that's danger pay there. Mm. Um, Denny is a nice guy, though. So He is. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I'll uh, spare your sore throat, and I'll do this first Thank one for you. Spencer. Uh, Spencer says, hi, guys. Uh, I wouldn't want you to go two weeks in a row with no email, so I'd figure I'd put a, an extra long one together for this week. Awesome. Kidding. <laughs> Maybe. First up, for your holster extravaganza, I've sent a picture of my extra holster drawer. I know pistol owners everywhere tend to get uh, to end up with some extra holsters, but one thing that you guys in the Great White North don't deal with is carry holsters. Mm. I'm sure you'd love to have this problem, mm -hmm. but carry holsters are a weird mix that need the performance of a competition holster when being drawn from, but the retention of a Dewey holster. They also need features that neither of those holsters, uh, holster types require to make them concealable. And then comes the fact that you're carrying them next to your body for 10 or 12 hours a day. So it has to be reasonably comfortable to support the firearm in a way that won't cause physical problems down the road. The end result is that a good carry holster is really hard to find. You end up trying a lot of different ones, looking for that perfect mix of all the aspects above, which means you end up with a lot of ones that didn't quite fit the bill. Kind of like the Land of Misfit Toys, but for Aww. holsters. <laughs> That's probably his, his holster drawer, right? The Misfit mm -hmm. Holsters. And since no one wants a used holster that's rubbing up against you and sweated on, the Land of Misfit Toys becomes the drawer of Misfit Holsters. They just put them in the dishwasher, wash them off. Yeah. Uh, secondly, put a, little, put a little, you know, rubbing alcohol on it. Be yeah. Yeah. It. It. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, I was wondering if any of you guys have ever shot a uh, Mosin M44. Uh, yep, I have. Um, that's the carbine length carbine. 
Uh, since it's American, I'll say carbine. Carbine length version of the traditional rifle. And it's the only Mosin I have left. It's much more reasonably sized gun than the full-sized rifles, and it makes some impressive fireballs at the range. It's also the last variant, so they have all the refinements with bunny ears over them of the previous models, because we're still talking about a Mosin here, right? Yeah. <laughs> and are generally in much better shape. They really, uh, they are really the only Mosin I can recommend owning these days. Yeah, and... they're, they're great. They're very handy, like very short, whereas the big ones are like a, a flagpole if you could imagine yeah. him flagpole around it's too bad trevor's not on because he would say no mm. basically he's, no. he's allowed to be wrong though about this one the uh, other cool thing about the uh, is it the 44 or the 38 i think it's the 44 has a side folding bayonet on it because like the original the original uh mosins that's on the shelf over there have a a, a sticker that's about yay long mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you know that's that's for your traditional like infantry we're, we didn't bring enough ammo so let's start poking each other to, to death and uh whereas the m44 has a very uh a very nice side folder that's kind of cool yeah uh third just a few notes i did get my desert tech mdr uh in last week but i wasn't able to get it out to the range over the weekend and i'm in training all this week i'll send you a review when i get some time with it but so far i'm impressed with the overall fit and finish Cool. And as you can see from the enclosed picture, it is more compact with a can on it than my AR-10 is without one. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's. I'm really interested to know about that one because I think uh, uh, Ian from InRange TV, uh, they were having some problems with the gas settings on theirs and getting it quite right. So bring some extra ammo and make sure that you've tuned that thing correctly. Um, also, I think Adriel is correct in his conspiracy theory about Mossberg's new pistol. I don't know how to confirm this, though. Maybe I could contact Gersan. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I, if I could get like a Turkish interpreter and send like a real informal email to Gersan, maybe they'd be able to confirm or not. I'll just say it with a Turkish accent. <laughs> I don't even know how. I can't do a French accent. How am I supposed to do a Turkish accent? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the model name and the use of SIG sites, as well as the general styling, really seems to indicate that Gersan had a hand in at least designing this pistol. In fact, I'm guessing that Mossberg is doing the same thing Springfield did with the XD guns and having Gersan make them to spec in Turkey and then importing them. There's no way they could sell them for 350 US if they were made in the States. Nope. But they say made in the States. That's the thing. Like the, the does it really? Does. Yeah, the, the frame, frame says, does it? Yeah. Do you think technically all the parts were made in like in Turkey and it was put together in the US? Mm, maybe. Maybe all the other parts, maybe all the made. steel and all that kind of stuff, and they just like crank crank out the uh, plastic here. Maybe, yep. Maybe I don't know. This is all sp- conspiracy theory. Although they have to have, in order to be said to be made in the U.S., a certain percentage of it has to be ma- manufactured in the U.S. I do know that the frame is a pretty big percentage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it for now. I guess that wasn't too long. I'll try harder next time, <laughs> Spencer. P.S. So not only is Trevor collecting Milserp guns, but now he's competing with a true 1911 and not a 2011, which was pretty much a 1911 anyways, but an actual 1911 Moses Browning would have recognized. Lord, how the world has changed. I know. Two years ago, 1911s, he says, And SKSs. SKSs. No, but although he has gone back a little bit on the Milserp. A little bit, yeah. He discovered yeah. that they're not as fun to shoot as a, a modern rifle. No. Yeah. Well, he also did the shooting in the middle of the freaking winter, so... 
uh, you know, I have a Mosin and I, I, I probably won't sell it, but uh, it's not a fun gun to shoot. It's not fantastic. Like going out to the range and shooting it, shoot a uh, banging away at a gravel pit or something like that for sure. Cause the ammo's cheap and you're not sitting at a bench, um, you know, having that steel butt plate rammed into your shoulder or anything like that. Right. Standing's better. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take this next one from Benny? Sure. This one's from Benny. It says, hi guys. Uh, hope all is well from what I understand and Kelly might be right, but from what I have been told, no range in Ontario will let you shoot restricted unless you have taken the ATT course or, and are a member of a range. I'll get to that in a second. Um, my old range limited, uh, limited that is as of now to just handguns. Last I checked, you would be able to shoot. I'm reading this like crap. Shoot an AR without the course. Uh, I'm an instructor for the CSSA course uh, that you have to take, but that doesn't matter. Uh, they will still say that I need to be a member of a range. So the only pistol practice I get now is uh, is the OPMLS practice uh, matches during the OPMSL. winter. OPMSL. Oh, what did I say? LS. I don't know. Okay. Uh, what really needs to happen is someone had to sit down with all the ranges in Canada and try and get a united front, make a universal set of rules for ranges that don't suck. Well, I agree with that. So I don't, what I, going back to this first paragraph. These aren't like, these aren't a, a legal requirement though anymore. No, they, no um, they're not. They were. Yeah. So the CFOs said that everybody who wanted to actually go and shoot at the range had to take the ATT course that was put on. The CSSA wrote it and delivered it, uh, but it was club-level ATT course. So that was a mandatory course that you had to go to, and you did have to shoot, and you had to show that you were competent with a pistol or a revolver or whatever. Now, the ATT core, the ATT is now attached to your ATT to your license now. And when that happened, a lot of the ranges basically said, "Well, what are we going to do now?" Um, but uh, I do know that they're uh, the ones that I am part of still require you, like for example, Frontenac still require you to do a level a club level um, uh, course, uh, the one that I just did last weekend. And also Brockville, they still require you to do it as well. It's kind of like them holding on to something, basically saying. But well, they probably liked some aspects of it, right? Like that right. everyone gets a consistent level of training. They probably distrust the... Uh... Well, the thing is, it's different because it's not regulated. It's not the same uh, as the one that I just took. Uh, it was an hour and I didn't even actually see a gun. So whereas the one that I took in Brockville which was the club level ATT course that the CFO mandated. I did actually have to actually go out and shoot. And I practiced with um, both uh, revolvers, revolvers, striker fire, all kinds of different hmm. uh, guns that I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if I don't think all the, all, uh, I don't think all the ranges in Ontario are still saying you have to do it, but I know there's a lot of them that do. Mm-hmm. The ones that I belong to do. Yep. So. Uh, not not so much out here, but it's all different. Yeah, so because they're all the club same. level now. And Benny, I apologize for just bastardizing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you all right, to, you want to read the one from Justin? You bet. Hello, okay. Slamfire Radio. I figured I would send an email because there was no email feedback from last week. This is a question directed to Adriel and possibly Trevor. And how about oh, Kelly? 
Because I, I actually know the answer to this one. Okay. I was watching episode 282 and I watched how Adriel put his Shadow 2 into an ultrasonic cleaning machine and how it came out squeaky clean. I must say I was impressed. Then my, my question is, have any of you guys used an ultrasonic cleaner for brass casings to prep for a reloading session? Yes. Yes, here too. Uh, upon cleaning gun power, uh, parts, are there certain cleaning solutions when one would recommend, like the Hornady gun cleaner solution, straight up water and soap, other formulas? Is an ultrasonic cleaner okay in metal parts that are seracoded or chrome-plated versus uh, blued or parkerized? Maybe we can hit on some of these right now. Um, There's some uh, ammonia-based ones that won't be good for aluminum, uh, and they'll cause like a frosting on it that uh, is not as good as it sounds. (laughs) Uh, So there's that uh, thing to worry about. Um, Yeah, like the the cleaner you use will have to depend on uh, on the metal and the and the thing that you're cleaning. The safest thing is just distilled water with a little bit of soap. That it's hard to mess up something with that. So Dawn, Um, the blue Dawn soap is great. So distilled mm -hmm. water in that. If you're going to do brass, a lot of guys like to put some vinegar in there just to kind of eat away at the stuff and make them squeaky, squeaky clean. Yeah. And then you can also, as he said, you can buy that Mm -hmm. from the store as well. Yeah. Or some guys like to use simple green. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For for brass, it does do a a nice-ish job with it. Um, Yeah. I think it's still, you you do more bulk uh, just with a vibratory tumbler. If you're going to do yeah. like nine mil and, and do like a whole bunch of it, I would just use a vibratory tumbler than a, a ultrasonic. If you're OCD, not saying anybody on this podcast is OCD, all of us um, use. The, so in prepping, uh, I've got, we've got basically, I think probably, I don't know, you know, maybe 10,000 rounds of nine millimeter that's ready to go, but it was all done in the ultrasonic cleaner first and then put it in a tumbler with uh, walnut and also ball bearings as well. And you, guys, you guys ultrasonic cleaned and then vibratory? <laughs> as I said, OCD, it's beautiful brass, by the way. But it's, yeah, we're, you know. My 9mm my brass, I typically uh, wash it if it's dirty. And that's it. Yeah. This yeah. stuff is like high polish. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. My, uh, the other main concern that I would have is drying the metal parts well enough to prevent rusting. I understand, Adriel, that you use compressed air, but what about a hair blow dryer or if not baking said parts in an oven? Just thinking out loud with this one. Yeah. I mean, if the, if you fully disassemble whatever you're, uh, cleaning, no issue. Cause you can, you can wipe it off uh, very easily and then yeah, blow, blow dry it or use a, a compressed air or something like that. I've um, also seen people use, uh, dehydrators as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And level it yep. and yep. turn it on, and it blows air. So, yeah, I like the canned air, or compressed air. Now, keep in mind, uh, some guns are, are better taken apart. Like if you're if you're gonna do like a 1911, I would take it apart because there's lots of steel parts in there, and there's lots of like little nooks and crannies for the water to hide. And yeah. I would I, w- I would think that I would uh, uh, take those apart rather than trying to clean them all in in one shot. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. And and some of these guns have finishes on them that are impervious to water and they just won't rust. Like the Glocks are pretty good for that. They've, they've got some pretty good finishes on them that uh, make right. it less of an issue. Well, let's see here. I was originally thinking of going with a rotary tumbler for cleaning brass, but if an ultrasonic cleaner can clean both brass cases for reloading and do some gun parts, seems like it would be a good dual purpose kind of machine, right? 
I think, yeah, it is. It is a good dual purpose. And if you're just going to do rifle rounds and if you're just going to do like like bigger ones, like 308 and not do so many of them, uh, I think the Ultrashonk's fine. Yeah. It's just if you're going to do bulk, if you're going to do bulk 9mm, 223, that kind of thing, the vibratory is going to be faster. You guys use it, use both though? Yep. How big is your ultrasonic? Mm, it's not that big. Same hmm. size as the yeah, same size as the uh, tumbler. Just not lots of batches. Lots of batches. There. Lots of batches. Hmm. Yeah. I got home late. I was I should have actually, you know, prepared for this and brought out Ta-da! But <laughs> it uh, it does do a really, really, really good job. Like if you're looking for some quality brass do the ultrasonic and that's great because it gets into where the primer pockets are and everything mm. and then the brass shines or sorry the tumbler just shines it right up and uh put the ball bearings in it does an even better job of it too cool yeah uh, let's see here looking uh for some insight on the pros and cons of this idea look forward to the show every week and appreciate the banter keep up the good work justin from bc yeah Yay. so just yeah ultrasonic will do both and if you're going to do small I don't know. It sounds like Kelly does both uh, large and small volume uh, through her ultrasonic. So yeah, I guess that's cool then. Uh, did you want to take the next one from Harley? Uh, I don't know if, I, yeah, pick it up if I start screwing this up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dear SFR, Slime Fire Radio. I was just listening to your latest episode and heard you mention the individual who got in trouble for importing uh, gel blasters. By the way, Harley is from New Zealand. Is it New Zealand? I think so. Uh, I think I would. Pr- uh, I think I would provide a little bit more information, as the situation is more uh, ridiculous than you think. The company in question sells toy guns, mainly the cosplay community, mainly to the cosplay community, but also supplies toy guns as non-functional prop weapons for film and television. Prior to the uh, prohibited weapon charges, the company had been uh, selling gel blasters uh, for some time and had undergone multiple firearm inspections. A repeated confirmation uh, that the toys were in fact toys uh, was received. After some time, the firearms branch of the New South Wales Police Department decided uh, that the gel blasters as substantially imitate actual firearms, which makes them illegal under the state firearms law. At that point, the toys were seized and charges of possession of prohibited weapons were laid. Okay, it is really ridiculous. Yeah. Um, By the way, we changed the law. You're under arrest. (laughs) Yeah. What is particularly ridiculous here is uh, that the police admitted on multiple occasions prior to the seizures that the blasters were children's toys, and yet they still made the decision that they were not subject to the relevant exemption. Here's hoping someday politicians and law enforcement agencies all over the world will see reason. Regards, Harley. So, This is like... Every time someone says we just need to do what Australia does, like, no! (laughs) No! This is ridiculous! Okay, the gel blasters are okay, and then the week after, "Mm, actually, you're under arrest. (laughs) Right. We've made some changes to the law or the interpretation of the law. Don't know. I guess the RCMP does do that. (laughs) Just not. You went there. I didn't. I just Mm -hmm. led you there. It's kind of like. Thank you for that because I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. Uh, He is from South. He's from. Uh, South Australia. So, yeah, I apologize for saying from New Zealand. I mean, Southern Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, same place, isn't it? Uh, no, and 
we will probably be getting an email next week about the fact that it's PI, <laughs> US, whatever. <laughs> it's all the same place, really. And thanks right. for listening in Australia, which is tomorrow, today, tomorrow, right they're now. From the, you'll be they're from this. the future. They're okay. from the future in Australia. Hi. Yeah. It's January 18th there. He listens to this before we even record it. Uh, next one from Chris H. Hello, Kelly and the rest of Slamfire team hosts. Whoa, Kelly and the gang. Uh, I just I, recently... I know, I know Chris a lot. Like, okay. I've actually... Well, he is he's our newest uh, Maple Seed instructor. So, hi, Chris. Yeah. yeah. I just finished listening to episode 286, and I thought this is a good time to pose this question. I right. recently got a brand new CZ Shadow 1. <laughs> Come on, give this to me. Uh, and I'd like to get a holster for it. I, I have yet to take any formal pistol training. I would like to get uh, a general purpose holster that would let me compete in any of the action sports, such as three gun, IDPA, or IPSC. What holster would you recommend if such a universal holster exists? Well, yes, it does. We just talked about it. Adriel, show it. That one. Yeah. Five, seven, nine. It'll fit right. everything. Line. Everything goes in there. Yep. It works perfect. It's one I have. I love it. Yeah. Actually, I mean, like, you can... Here, let me take that little uh, piece out there. And then there's my Glock, and bam! It's in there. So, it fits a little yeah. differently. But What's that? It does fit a little differently, but... Well, they got, like, a screw in the bottom. So, like, right now, it's a little bit loose, so you can you can jack that screw in there, and then it'll it'll hold it tightly. You just but, extension, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still locked. It's still locked on there. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having a little bit loose. Like, not that loose, but just a little bit loose, just so that when you grab it, it's like, there's nothing there, right? As soon as you, you got the wiggle and the jiggle and the shimmy shake. Mm, makes it more fast, so you can go fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, Safari Land 579 on Amazon for $55. Right. Uh, if the answer lies in a back episode, let me know. No, we just let you know. Uh, I would love to take a Ferlachi-type course or the pistol equivalent to a maple seed. If it's you are, Ferlacci. it's a Ferlacci. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. you're ever in Southern Ontario, they don't have flip charts though. <laughs> if you're ever in Southern Ontario, I'd make the drive. Thanks for all you do. Uh, you know another, what? Yeah. I was just going to say, we should do another, you know what we really should do? We should do the charity event and do it in Ontario. I'm not planning it by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Listener planned. <laughs> and then we could do a Ferlacci course here. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that would sell out. That'd be really yes, easy to sell out. Yeah, that would be. Uh, another fun question for the hosts to ponder. What are your 2019 gun or gear purchasing goals uh, this year? <laughs> goals? Or what do we want? Uh, what are my goals? I'd like to figure out which pistol to use for three guns since I have three. <laughs> That's not a lot of pistols, you know. It's not a lot of pistols. It's a lot of pistols for one particular sport that could be done with just one. Because, like, the thing is, you're, you were mentioning holster familiarity and gun familiarity. How am I supposed to get that when I've got a Glock that I run, when mm -hmm. I've got a 1911 that's all kitted out, and when I've got a Shadow 2 that's all kitted out? These are all different. Yeah, but the holsters are different, too. But you can use I could use that 579 for all yeah. of them. Yeah. 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 And then you're familiar with it, and then you actually don't have to worry about anything with mm. respect to, mm -hmm. you know. I'd also like to square away my AR or just use the WK. 
right. that would be a dream of mine. How about you, Kelly? Uh, you know what? At some point, I'd like to get a precision rifle. A nice precision rifle, not just the rimfire, although rimfire precision rifles are nice too. The Ruger, it's a nice one. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that is in 2019. Maybe 2020. Because if I actually, if I buy something, I need to have time to uh, to actually use that. That's my decision. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking 2019. I had a lot of time to do a lot of things in 2018. Yeah, no, I had no time whatsoever. And I'm thinking 2019 will be just as busy, if not busier. Well, based on the amount of maple seed you did, you should certainly had a lot of time. Well, yeah, you know, the best thing about that was the fact that I got to go across the country from one ocean to the other ocean. And I met some really, really, really good people. I didn't get to shoot a lot, though. I spent a lot of time in the car mm -hmm. driving. Did yeah. I tell you I was in a car for 40 hours driving straight through to Alberta? Did I tell you that? Yeah. Yeah. But it was I could, fun. I could see it in your eyes when you got out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> when we got to your place, we were going, we need a shower. Yeah. Can we have a, can we have a hose or something? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> you got a kitty oh. pool? <laughs> Fill it up. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to be answering Chris H's, but. Did uh, I tell you that Chris H is our newest maple seed instructor? Yay! Yay! Yeah, he's Sweet. an awesome guy. Got to get more. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take the next one from Stephen? Stephen? Stephen or Stephen slash Stephen? I think it's Stephen. Right. I don't know. Yeah, he can he can matter. send us an email and let us know if it's not mm -hmm. if Stefan. Uh, just finished the latest episode and you finished talking about holsters. I really like to hear more about the subject. Well, guess what? You're in luck. Uh, I have a holster that uses a trigger guard lock uh, that you disengage with your index finger. I've been using it for a year and have used it for competition and, and training at the range. Uh, people have said that you need to you will get an ND uh, with it, uh, but I haven't figured out how. When you press the lock, you draw your finger index. Uh, sorry, when you press the lock and draw your index finger is along the frame and just under the slide. Uh, but since I would like to do some three gun at some point and maybe sick, I'm thinking about replacing it with a ghost holster. Uh, they also have a trigger uh, guard lock. How are the holsters better than the one that came with my uh Kinnick, uh TP9SA. Thanks for the great show. So he's looking at a ghost, ghost holster. I wonder what he is carrying or what he's using right now. There we go. Just oh. have to unmute myself. Uh, oh. There's a couple of different uh, index finger unlocking ones. There's some that are a little right. bit higher up. And those ones would be fine because you draw and your, your finger's up on the slide there. Right. It's the ones that are right where your trigger are that you press that when you draw every once in a while, some people accidentally put their finger on the trigger and right. pop now, one off into their thigh or the ground or whatever. Now, I know that there's some holsters that you, you have to disengage with the index finger that are not allowed uh, during certain courses. Um, Serpa, Serpa holsters specifically. Yeah. Yeah. If because you carry the, the paddle for those yeah. um, here, let me, uh, let me do a little bit of fancy screen share in this. Here so, with the, so with the Serpa holsters, a lot of them will not be allowed. If you have one, you won't be allowed to attend the course. And yeah. if you come to the course, they'll say you need to go home unless yeah. you have another 
pulsar. Yeah, that's because you're pressing like right, right. where the trigger right. is. Yeah, right. so you pull that thing out, and yeah, your finger like especially if they get jammed up with uh, with dirt or something like that, and you have to press extra hard. Uh, that's where like you're you're pressing in like that because you press flat, you can't get a whole bunch of torque on it, but pressing at an angle, and then you draw and you're pressing really hard. God, get this thing out, and then boom, you light a round off. So that's that's the the issue around the Serpa holsters. Uh, yeah. If you have a different one that's a little bit higher up in the frame, it's a little bit better. Personally, that's the guy right there. That's quick, and you don't have to think about it. You don't even have to have a like a, a particularly good grip on it to uh, to pull right. it out of there. And uh, it works so good. So when you said that a lot of people, Stephen, uh, when you said that a lot of people said that you will get an ND, it might be because of the brand of the holster. Uh, I'm not sure about that. but It could be misidentifying his holster for a Serpa as well. They might think that he's got a Serpa. Maybe he's got something else that you grab a little bit higher up on it. Right. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure even some of the Serpas have a higher up uh, um press on them like the Blackhawk or something like that. But right. in any case, that's the that's the risk that, around them. That's why they're banned from uh uh Ipsic. Um and if you're going to if you're just gonna run Ipsic, you don't necessarily need a retention holster. You can make do with a, a straight friction fit holster and it'll be fine. Right. Uh, though the retention is for three gun or more active uh style shooting than uh than than Ipsic. Right. Now he said that he was thinking about replacing it with a ghost holster. So we talked a little bit about that. Um, yeah, as I said, torture show. Well, ghost makes like the ghost holster. That's like the, the skeleton eyes, like crazy one, but they also, they also make some like really holsters that look just like a blade tech. Yeah. Right. So, um, he's probably talking about the race holsters and if you're going to get a race holster, yeah, that's, it's a race holster. That'll, that'll, that'll be good. I, I think with a lot of those, um, with a canic, make sure you get one that'll uh, work with pistols. If, if you're if you're ever going to upgrade that thing later to a a different pistol or or get into a different game or something like that, make sure you get a holster that'll adjust afterwards. Right, exactly. And again, Stephen, yeah. sorry for screwing up your email. <laughs> Stefan, Stefan, Stefan. This Stephane? email was brought to brought to you by Ben and DM. <laughs> the DM's working. <laughs> Oh, believe me, it uh, is. Let's see here. From Jer. Jer? Jer? It's let's Jeremiah. Let's all the names tonight. It's Jeremiah, but he it Jer. comes from Jer. Jer Bear. Uh, yeah. Thanks for all the work you provide. Jer Bear. A, thanks for all the work you do to provide a Canadian perspective on firearm sports, equipment, the law, and upcoming legislation. Oh, I enjoyed God. last night's show, uh, the 14 facts about gun crime in Canada. And thank you for pro providing the link to the article. It is difficult to have an evidence-based discussion surrounding Canadian firearms legislation when all too often uh, news from the South ferments and informs many of the opinions and feelings of those north of the border. I have a question for, as well, for both Adriel and Trevor. Ha, huh, you get one of us. Uh, have you ever fired the Hurtenberger Surplus 762 by 51 NATO through your BCL 102 and Stag 10 respectively, both this weekend? And it was fine. It was, it was it? good. Yeah. Good. Uh, Tenda has some of that stuff for sale for, I want to say, 75 cents per round, which is decent for 308. Uh, did psych well, or should one just stick to 308? No, psych well in both of them. Uh, if the question has been asked, we just answered it. No problem. And then... This is the one from Scott, and we already talked about it. Yeah, Scott was talking about the, uh, 
the PDR Pro. Uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll just go boop and I'll share that so boop. that everyone can see what uh, everyone on YouTube at least can see what this thing is supposed to look like. It's hundred dollars. It's very adjustable, so you can adjust it back and forth in all sorts of right. different ways. It has a little thumb wheel adjuster. So this is like a, a, a high quality Kydex holster, right? right. And so uh, it's from Double Tap Sports. It's the Double Alpha Academy PDR Pro Two holster. Or two, yep. it's a hundred bucks. And oh, I don't see the CZ CZ Shadow Two, but mm. uh, I know that they I know that they make one for a Shadow Two. So interesting. Okay. Try it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you'd like okay. to email the show, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. Yes. Podcast app reviews, none. Um, if you want to leave us a review, go ahead on iTunes or Podcatcher or Pod Droid or whatever you use for listening to podcasts. Uh, do you have any shadows, Kelly? Yeah, I do. I have a couple. So, Dad, apparently you listen, so I just want to say happy birthday. Love you. And uh, I have another one. Shoot. Oh, I know. It uh, it left my brain temporarily. Uh, again, Ben Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you shouting out Ben Lynn or do you have another no, shout out on the top well, of that? Actually, yeah, I need to uh, shout out to them because they've gotten me through this week. And uh, no, I just wanted to say to uh, Brian Bolivar and Ken Kowalski, uh, thank you very much. You guys were amazing. They announced this week that Modern Rifleman Radio uh, is no longer going to be a podcast. I just wanted to say thank you for all your information, uh, the entertainment that you've given, and uh, we're going to miss you. That's what I want to say. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon supporters. We, now we have 83. Uh, yep. If you want to help support the show, go on over to patreon.com slash radio. The new patches are shipping. That's what their status is right now. Patches and stickers. Uh, and I got I got the glue on the stickers that never comes off. Like they have they have like a regular <laughs> option that kind of peels and I have, a, I have a sticker on my safe and it's like it's kind of peeling away. So yep. I, this this time I opted for the extra cost glue that never comes off. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. So uh, stick this to someone's windshield that you don't like and uh, don't blame us. <laughs> uh, so those are coming. Uh, a, a Patreon uh, supporters will get some of those in the mail. I also got. 100 envelopes uh, uh prepaid so i'm gonna start stuffing those as soon as i uh as soon as i get that stuff in the mail it's and a... yeah yeah just you're gonna okay True. i'm gonna get my kids to stuff the <laughs> envelopes. you know i am <laughs> you guys want to help dad put a sticker and a patch in all of these envelopes okay yeah and lick them <laughs> 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 nah, they use like these peeling stickers these days. You don't have to look All them. Right. But, uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, Patreon helps us uh, with hosting and uh, doing all sorts of silly stuff. Getting uh, better video cameras and microphones and that kind of thing. So we sound fantastic while we mm. uh, uh, talk trash uh, to you over the well, airwaves. I sound fantastic because of the fact that, you know, my voice, it's the, you know, that horse sexy voice. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> The smoker's voice. How long has Kelly been smoking? How many decades? I'm like I don't think she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just does like cigarettes and whiskey. Hmm. Mm. No, yeah. Uh, breakfast. For breakfast, yeah, in the cereal. Yeah, <laughs> whiskey in the cereal. Uh, please join uh, our National Firearms Associations, such as the CCFR. They put anyone on their TV shows, apparently. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> just famous Whatever. people. Just famous people. Uh, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. And uh, see you next week. Yep. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.